your taxes done, get them done right. My great friends at Patterson's Tax Service can do yours. Uh, a lot of folks out there saying, Mickey, I, I live in Phoenix, Arizona, listening on the app right now. I live in Houston, Texas. You see I me mean, the Houston, Texas listeners we have on our app? I guess it's astounding. I mean, I don't know what we're doing in Houston. Uh, I, I live um, I, I, I don't. I live down in, in Charleston, whatever. I wouldn't do my taxes there. Well, why not? Scan them, email, send all your information in. They'll send it back to you. They'll do your taxes for you. You're going to love it. Patterson's Tax Service, P-A-T-T-X.com, Pattax.com, 864-859-8289. I know this, Paxton. I could name you right now 15 coaches that, that Russell tells me are clients of his that started out coaching at Furman or at Clemson or at Anderson or at, or at uh, you know, USC upstate, in the upstate of South Carolina, the new one, and then they go coach uh, all over the country in their respective sports and their camps or and then those coaches tell them and they move on and their whole staff guy gets head coach's job and his whole staff comes to him strength coaches and and uh, olympic sport coaches and and uh, assistant coaches and head coaches what do they do they just they just send everything into them mail it in or, or scan it, email it in so if you hear my voice right now outside this area call them up 864-859-8289 pat tax.com I want to do some win game uh, in this segment for ACC seedings. We got three open phone line uh, segments. Um, Hal's been hanging on forever. Hey, good morning, Hal. Thanks for your patience, man. How you doing this morning? Pretty good. It's uh, uh, too bad about that guy from Furman. All that what happened to him suddenly. That old <laughs> player, you know, he was only twenty something years old, and uh, yeah. it's kind of surprising that there's a there's a, a lot of close players uh, taking part in the. Because they didn't, they didn't do quite as good as they did a few years ago. And they they have just as much, they have made players in the combine as they as they uh, would have had uh, several years ago. A uh, but, bunch of them, you know. Yeah, uh, six only six altogether. Combine has started now, but they're doing all the interviews and everything. They get on the field tomorrow for the first time. The NFL Combine, in case you have known, like they started on Sunday, but you do. Right now, like on Sunday, defensive line linebackers, they did player arrivals on Sunday. They did registration, pre-exam, orientation, team interviews on Monday, uh, general medical exams, uh, pre-ordered studies, and team interviews on uh, Tuesday. Today, they'll do ortho exams, media interviews, NFLPA meetings, and team interviews today. Uh, tomorrow, measurements and on-the-field workouts. And then Friday, bench press, uh, broadcast interviews, and, and then they'll leave Friday. That's the defensive lineman. Defensive. So, in other words, on the field workouts. Thursday is the defensive linemen and linebackers. Friday is defensive backs and tight ends. Saturday is running backs, and quarterbacks, and wideouts. Yeah, and then Sunday you get offensive linemen. Well, Texas, Texas there. Yeah, yeah. Well, Shipley's going to be working out for the running backs. And so is Nate Wiggins too. Yeah, yeah. It should be a good good day, good good week for the Tigers. We hope. Thank you. They didn't, have, they didn't start having scouting come out. They've been having it at Indianapolis for almost 40 years. They didn't, start, they didn't have it at a different location. There's some stadiums or places that are just that make that make great for a, a scouting come out, like AT&T Stadium or SoFi Stadium or, or yeah. the, the places. Yeah, you know, they move the draft around, so why not move the combine around maybe? And they do invite, invite fans uh, to, to several things at the combine, so. Who knows? How good good to hear from you, man, for sure. How alerted me. I didn't know this, but Golden Richards died. Uh, former Dallas Cowboy wide receiver. Had the great golden locks. Guy that uh, played with the Cowboys and Bears and Broncos. and That was my formative years, man. Golden Richards. What what a great name. He was uh, 
him and Bullet Bob Hayes were together there with the Cowboys. And then, and then uh, Butch Johnson, um, all with the uh, beating, beating the uh, Broncos and the Super Bowl and all that stuff. So interesting stuff there. Let me get Delvin, 654 Roar. Delvin, thanks for hanging on, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's, it's, it's Mr. Anti-ACC versus Pro-ACC. Me and you, man. I'm Pro-ACC. Well, my Big 12 last night had a great win by BYU. So, and yeah, but they, like but like they say, everybody talking about ACC down, but they be beating on each other. That's why they down. Yeah. That's a great way to keep beating on each other, though. See, yeah, that's the same argument. That's the argument I get with ACC. They always beating on each other, so they down. Oh yeah, we do that in the SEC too in football. Like, oh man, they're just it's uh, internal meat grinders, and they're they're killing each other through it all. Carnage throughout yeah. through playing each other. Yeah, you talking about big game? Big. What about the SEC? They got big games tonight. What about? That seems like just an absolute war, right? And I can see because of the way both those teams play defense and because both those teams are are as athletic as they are, that's going to be carnage, man. It's a big, big game for both. If you think about it, Tennessee is, um, you know, fighting right now. I need to check their their latest with the net. They're they're fighting for that one line. Auburn's kind of fighting for that three – if Auburn went on a big roll, Auburn could be like on a two-line maybe or fall to a four-line. So there's a lot at stake. Uh, and it begins tonight in Thompson Bowling Arena up in Knoxville. Yeah, yeah, that's big. Like you said, uh, it was a bad loss by Wake Forest, but it hit close enough. I had a feeling that was going to happen, man, coming off the big win. Yeah, and Notre Dame's a big win. They, they, they had the hangover coming off the Duke game. Couldn't handle success. Went up to Notre Dame and laid an egg, and Notre Dame's playing much better at home lately. Yeah, that's why they're going to be a tricky game for Clemson Saturday night. Yeah. you got to be able to handle success. You know, unlike Facts and Children's uh, intramural team last night, make it to the semis or whatever, you guys had to handle success. <laughs> but at least he got his, so that's good. Yeah, that's it. But uh, yeah, man, it's crazy, man. Well, this is, this is March Madness. It's, it's about to get to be March. It's crazy because basketball yeah. season. See, you know, when you got to the tournament, it's going crazy. But you got some buzzer beaters last night. You did. You had the 59 foot Nevada shot that kept their dreams alive. You see that half court Nevada win yeah. last night? That was big. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll start to see man. that now. We, it happens anyway, but now it becomes magnified. So buzzer beaters. March Madness, uh, some Cinderella's, some some pumpkins. And we got a lot to get into here now. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is where it gets fun to me. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking my call, man. Thank you, Dale. Appreciate the phone call. All right, so tonight in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, And let me get the latest net here. I- I'll ask you, Tennessee, I don't think – I'm not sure they're currently a one, but Tennessee could play their way. I mean, that's, that's within the realm of possibility. Tennessee – Wins this game, does well in the, in the SEC tournament. That's a, that's a one, right? Yeah, Tennessee's. I, I would say they're firmly on the two line right now. And even with Arizona's loss to Washington State, Arizona's staying is kind of that penciled in number four overall and the final of the one seeds. But a lot can change. Uh, realistically, <laughs> what probably has to happen is Tennessee needs to win out. They need Arizona to lose fairly early in the Pac-12 uh, conference tournament, and then they need to make a run in the SEC tournament. All right, let me give you the other end then. What if Tennessee loses to Auburn tonight, loses at Alabama, loses at South Carolina, and loses Kentucky? Look, look, the thing about Tennessee is whatever they do, you're going to know who they are in these last two weeks. Let me give this to you again, Facts and Childers. 11th ranked Auburn tonight, at 14th ranked Alabama on Saturday, at 18th ranked South Carolina next Wednesday, 
and then uh, 60th ranked Kentucky at home. They got four ranked games, and then the SEC tournament. Let's say it goes bad. What's Tennessee's? Could they fall to a four? I think a lose out situation could be a fall to a four. Um, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see what transpires. I think that Tennessee is a team that I'm always going to be skeptical of come March because I've been burned so many times. Uh, if that makes sense by Rick Barnes and his teams, like they seem to usually cap out in the Elite Eight. Let's call it what it is. And usually it's offensive woes which cost his it's team. It's not earlier. March. Yeah. I and, mean, because they could go, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a pattern. Let, let's yeah. just call it. I know, I know he was a Clemson coach. He did a great job while he was here at Clemson for the most part. Uh, he's done some great things at Tennessee. His team's but, underperform in March. That's, right. that's the identity of what the program at totally Tennessee agree. has become. And also, this Tennessee team, if you look at really the upper echelon of the country and what their record is in quad one games there's two or three teams that have struggled in quad one games amongst the kind of the alphas of college basketball right now all are in the sec mickey tennessee's only five and five in quad one alabama's four and seven auburn's two and six Mm. to me that's a little bit of concern uh what i will say auburn being four and one on neutral courts and four and four on the road has me more confident than the other two but I don't know, Mickey. Something about that quad one record doesn't sit right, especially for Auburn. So, if anything, it's a big resume boost opportunity for Auburn. They can kind of put that narrative to bed, get a quad one win, and uh, and especially going to be in a tough environment tonight in Knoxville. So, we'll see what ends up happening. But I like Tennessee tonight. I like Auburn to make a run in the conference or potentially NCAA tournament. I'm not sure I like either team going to the Elite Eight. So... Bama's different makeup than Tennessee and Auburn. In some ways, these teams are very, very similar. Records are very similar. Home records, they're all 13 and 1 at home. They're all like between 19 and 8 and 21 and 6. Like Auburn and Tennessee are both 21 and 6. Uh, Bama's only 19 and 8. Bama's t- schedule has been tougher. Um, they've all dominated threes and fours. They don't, neither had, they don't, none of them had really a terrible loss. Matter of fact, one great thing about Auburn, you did mention the, the downfall of Auburn at 2 and 6 in quad ones. In quad twos, threes, and fours, undefeated. Yeah, yeah they're nineteen and zero. Like they've beaten every, and they all went by double digits through all those kind of things. But with that said, in the, in the net right now, Tennessee's five, Alabama six, Auburn seven. I don't know if Auburn Alabama can get that one line. A lot would depend on Arizona. But no, I think Alabama's in the worst position of all of them. I know that the predictive metrics love Alabama, and they're probably the best offense in the country when it all is said and done. But Tennessee and Auburn are much more poised to make a run at the one line than Alabama currently is, just because Alabama has two extra losses on their record as well. That said, schedule-wise, let's look at this really fast, and I'm going to do a win game for for the ACC here in a second. I gave you tennis. I mean, I gave you um, Tennessee's difficult schedule, right? Like that's that's murder coming down the stretch. You think that could have a a, a factor? I'm not talking about just physically. But one of the things, like, I don't mind the physical part of it. Because these guys grew up playing AAU basketball, you can play three or four games in a day. I don't mind that. But the mental stress of four ranked teams the last two weeks of the season might play a toll on Tennessee. Auburn, meanwhile, they have at Tennessee, they go or they host Mississippi State, then they get at Missouri easy, and then Georgia at home. You think you can win those. So Auburn has a much better uh, schedule than, than, say, Tennessee. Uh, Alabama on the other end of it, coming the last two weeks of the season. Uh, at Ole Miss, mm, you think they're, they're, they're big favorites there. Tennessee at home, at 24th-ranked Florida, and then a, a, a disappointing Arkansas team at home. 
Obviously, Tennessee has the, the most difficult part of that. Let me do win game. Are you ready? I'm ready. So the the point of this win game is who gets the three seed, who gets the four seed in the ACC tournament. Mickey, you're going to have some math to do over there. <laughs> I've got it. I've got it set up. Virginia's 11-6 right now. Virginia, in the last three games, tonight at Boston College. I think that's a win. Uh, at Duke. I think that's a loss. And Georgia Tech at home. I think that's a win. All right. So, that's 13-7. and seven. Uh, Next is Clemson. We know this. This weekend, Notre Dame. Going to go with on the, the win. Road. All right. Uh, at, or Syracuse at home. Going to go with the win. And then Wake Forest on the road. I'm going to say loss. Uh, that gets you at 12 and 8. Wake Forest last three games. You have at Virginia Tech. I'm going to say loss. At Virginia Tech, loss? I think, I think Wake Forest is going to lose that game. All right. Georgia Tech at home. Win. And then Clemson. Win. All right. That's 12 and 8. Syracuse is 10 and 8 right now. They're mathematically still in this thing for the fourth spot at least. Syracuse has Virginia Tech. No, I'm sorry. They only have two games left. At Louisville. I think that's a win. And at Clemson. I think that's a loss. They have a whole weekend off for the ACC tournament? They do. 11-9 and nine for Syracuse. Big loss for Pittsburgh last night in this stretch of trying to get the four seed. Remaining, Pittsburgh at Boston College. I think that's a win. Florida State at home. I think that's also a win. NC State at home. I think that's also a win. Uh, twelve and eight. Did you say they beat? Yeah, so three and zero. Oh. Yeah, I think they go three and zero. Oh. I, All I, right, I mean, twelve and eight. This Pitt team has earned some trust with me. I know they got blown out at the road uh, on the road at Wake Forest, but they yeah, bounced back with a good win at home against Virginia Tech. And then I think they played okay last night. Um, when is Henson going to score six again? I mean, that was really just Jack Clark limiting Jack Henson. Jack Clark shut you down. Yeah, NC State's got a tough road at North Carolina. I think that's a loss. Duke at home. I think that is. Probably a loss. At Pittsburgh? Uh, that's a loss. All right, so NC State goes 9-11 and 11 after three state losses. Uh, no, uh, yeah, it's NC State. That's NC State. Um, and then finally, Florida State. I thought I had those reversed, and I don't. So finally, Florida State, who's mathematically still in this thing at 9-8. and eight. The Seminoles have at Georgia Tech. I'm going to give them a tentative win there. At Pittsburgh? Loss. And then Miami at home. Going to give them a win there as well. 11 and 9. With this being the case, Virginia gets a three seed at 13 and 7. A three way tie at 12 and 8 with Clemson, Wake Forest, and Pittsburgh. I think Wake would get the tiebreaker throughout all that, if I'm not mistaken, because they would have head to head over Clemson and Pitt. All right, let me see. Pittsburgh and Wake Forest. I'm on the Wakes here, so I'm looking for Pittsburgh. Um, they lost to Pittsburgh on the road, and then they beat Pittsburgh at home. So they split those two. So then I got to get the three-way tiebreaker. So Pitt would <laughs> Pitt would be one and three against Clemson and Wake Forest. Clemson would be two and one, and Wake Forest would be three and zero. Oh. Or no, Wake Forest would also be two and one. Two and one. And so then you go. Would they come back to head to head? Head after to head that? after that. So Wake so Forest gets the force. I think that would be Wake Forest in that scenario. But don't real, break my heart, man. Realistically, Mickey, why are you trying to take my candy this morning? The the most realistic outcome is that it's Clemson at Wake Forest for the four seed. Yeah. If we're if we're being honest with ourselves, that's probably what's going to end up transpiring. Is 
wh- whoever wins or whoever loses, it's probably going to be Brad Brownell versus Steve Forbes uh, at the Joel where they haven't lost all year with that double buy on the line. And Wake Forest could be potentially playing for an NCAA tournament bid throughout all that as well. It, yeah, that's, that's one of the other side notes. Like, w- at this point in time, Clemson's not playing for the NCAA tournament lives. Yeah, Clemson would be sweating the game at Wake Forest because it would be like, all right, we can avoid playing on the second day of the ACC tournament. We can get a double bye, and we think we're in great position to potentially make a run at this thing. But for Wake Forest, I think there would be, like, a desperation element because it would be an additional quad one win to potentially boost their resume. They would be playing for the double bye, which could help their tournament chances and standing as well. And then they, they're on the bubble right now, I after last night's loss, like they only all right, here's the thing: net ratings just came out. They only dropped two spots. Clemson stayed at 23. Wake Forest only dropped from 25 to 27. I thought it would have been worse. Of course, I think that complicated. I think that they're getting the benefit of the doubt because Notre Dame's been playing so well that Notre Dame is trending towards being a quad two game. If Notre Dame finishes the season strong, they could end up towards the tail end of quad two. Right. So Notre Dame went up last night. Let me. Quickly give you this because then you got quad one roads and, and, and also Notre Dame is currently 132. They moved up eight spots last night. So they've got to climb the road part of that. I got to look it up again. Um, using the, the quad two system away is 76 through 135. So what did you say they were? They're up to 132. 132. So that's now officially a quad two loss for Wake Forest. So that explains helps. That explains why they only right. dropped two. Right. Which, that's crazy, isn't it? Is also it's weird because it's good for Clemson and it's bad for Clemson. Right. But if Clemson beats Notre Dame this weekend, then at that point That's there's a quad a ch- two win. It's a quad two win. But then there's a chance. But then they drop out. There's a chance that they drop below one. This is why I hate. So this you play system. a quad two team, you beat them, and it's a quad three win. But if you lose, <laughs> but if you lose to them, then it's a quad. Like, it's just it's so complicated, Mickey. It's, yeah, they yeah. make it a lot more difficult than it is, and we shouldn't be having to monitor and predict agree. how many spots are you going to move for this subjective rating. It's just stupid, in my opinion. Totally agree. Short break. We'll come back much more after this. I'm Eddie Bennett. Winter means colder weather and hot deals on Takeuchi at Bennett Equipment. We have Takeuchi track loaders, excavators, wheel loaders, and hundreds of attachments ready to go to work today. Why settle for less with other brands when you can have the best in Takeuchi? Stop by any of our four convenient locations and see why Bennett and Takeuchi set the standard for equipment sales and rental. And remember, when you need equipment in the upstate or northeast Georgia, buy it or rent it from Bennett. So you're looking for financing on your next vehicle. AutoWorks in Greer has you covered with easy in-house financing and super fast approvals. Low down payments make life simple. And there's no need to drive all the way to the dealership. We can give you an answer in as little as 10 minutes. Just fill out our fast app online at AutoWorksSC.com. With almost 80 vehicles to choose from, including trucks and 3 row SUVs, finding your vehicle just got easier. Kick off 2024 in style by visiting AutoWorksSC.com. That's AutoWorksSC.com. Engineered Sleep has been a Roar partner for over eight years, and your support has meant the world to them. They design and manufacture some of the best mattresses in the world right here in Greenville, South Carolina. If you've not visited their new 95,000-square-foot facility at 333 North Pleasantburg Drive in Greenville, you should. Go check out their mattress showroom and also take a tour of their factory. It is rare that you can buy a mattress directly from a factory that has been making them since 1931. Mourning the loss of a loved one can be painful. If your loved one dies due to the negligence of someone else, you need someone by your side to help get you justice. 
Nick Lavery, Clemson's local attorney, will help you navigate a wrongful death lawsuit. Nick and his staff are here to help you through every step of the legal process. Call today for your free consultation at 864-654-3680 or visit nicklaverylaw.com. Everlong Clemson offers independent living options like you've never seen before for adults 55 and older. Alleviate the burden of living at home with chef-prepared meals, transportation services, a fitness room, walking proximity to Patrick Square, and much more. No more cooking, cleaning, or upkeep of a traditional home. Luxury independent living that's all-inclusive with no long-term commitments. Now is your time to thrive with Everlawn. Call today for a free tour, 864-760-8968 and online at everlawnliving.com. Just trust me. We've all heard or said these words ourselves at various points. It's going to be great. Just trust me. We say that all the time. And that's basically what I'm saying when you hear me talk about PhD weight loss. I'm just asking you, just trust me. And now the reality is a few of y'all are thinking things like this. Will it be safe? Or, you know, perhaps more commonly, will I fail? Nope, you won't fail because they won't let you. You're not your past. Whatever diet pills or injections you did in the past failed you. Wanting to drop weight is 80% of the battle, so you're almost there. And the other 20% is having an expert on your side, a way to keep you on track. Keeping you on track is what PhD does. It's the most important thing that they do. I want you to think about this. Think about what not doing PhD will do. Multiply five pounds times five years of doing nothing. You're another 25 plus pounds overweight if you don't stop right now and call PhD. For more info, go to the website at myphdweightloss.com. Gilstrap Roofing has an experienced team that specializes in shingle and flat roofs for residential, commercial, and industrial customers. Their dedication to complete customer satisfaction is why a large portion of their business comes from repeat customers and referrals. If you need a full-service roofing contractor that has over 88 years of experience and takes pride in top customer satisfaction, Gilstrap Roofing has got you covered. Call for your free roofing estimate today at 269-1232 and online at gilstraproofing.com. Live and local sports talk coming to you from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. So what exactly are the net rankings? I have no idea! Tune in every day until March as we try to figure it out. The Roar, where every day is game day. For the remaining day, I'm going to do a, a, like a Jerry Lewis telethon and just talk Big 12 basketball all day. But I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I want to do two things in this segment, Vax and Childers. T- uh, at least two things. I want to know South Carolina win game and what it means, what their seating could be, and what it, it, it uh, the best case and worst case. And same thing for Clemson. Right now, Lenardi has the Gamecocks as a sixth seed. Uh, right now, South Carolina in their um, net ratings. Uh, the Gamecocks are currently 48th. South Carolina's behind, 18 spots behind Mississippi State. 20 spots behind Florida, which is crazy. Anyway, they're 48th. Part of that is that they've got two bad quad three losses. And they're just four and three in, in quad one games. But the quad three is killing South Carolina right now. So, 
Gamecocks coming down the stretch. I'm going to tell you, Faxi, it's a huge game tonight in College Station, Texas. My guy Buzz is trying to get in. Lenardi has Buzz, I think, out right now. Or they, they're the last one in. They, first they are, team out, I think. First team out is Buzz. So they have to win tonight. Um, win game. South Carolina at, at College Station, Bryan, Texas. I think tonight's a loss just because I think Texas A&M wants this game more, right? South Carolina, prob- so they probably locked themselves into the NCAA tournament with the win over Ole Miss. It was an impressive win on the road for Lamont Paris and the rest of the crew. Hey, but, but let's be clear now. The Gamecocks are, are only a game behind Tennessee and Alabama in the SEC for that top seed in the SEC tournament. I think that that matters, but however, I, I think that it would be extremely misleading if that were to end up happening, and, and I also just can't see a scenario in which that a, a couple of those teams drop games and South Carolina is able to tackle a really challenging schedule down the stretch to get the one seed. I'm not saying it couldn't happen. I just think that's really unlikely. We talked about how t- tough Tennessee's schedule is. The Gamecocks are not as tough as Tennessee, but still pretty tough. Um, so you're saying lost to A&M tonight? Yes. Home game Saturday, Florida. 24th ranked Florida. That's going to be a good game. I think these two teams are evenly matched. Uh, I'm going to say tentative loss, but it wouldn't surprise me if South Carolina won that basketball game. I think that's evenly matched. Those teams are probably neck and neck on uh, South Carolina's home court. Home game, 4th ranked Tennessee. I think that's a loss. I just can't see the Gamecocks sweeping Tennessee. If they prove me wrong, they prove me wrong. Ken Palm has them as a four-point underdog, only 34% chance to win it. I think that's a bad matchup. I know they smacked Tennessee on the road, and I know that they were able to get their signature win in Knoxville. I can't see Tennessee putting up only 59 points again against the Gamecocks. And then at Mississippi State. Talking about another team that's probably on the bubble and is going to be playing for their season. I I, I just think that South Carolina is running into four teams that have more to play for than them. I know that you're, you're referencing the potential of still winning the SEC or being the one seed in the SEC tournament. I think 1-3 or 0-4 is the most likely outcome for South Carolina down the stretch. Uh, Not even saying that to be pessimistic. I I just think that this team doesn't do anything particularly well. I mean, they grayed out as the 16th-ranked adjusted offense in the country, the 44th-ranked adjusted defense. The predictive metrics hate them. They're 48th in the net for a reason. And the record's a a little misleading if we're being completely honest with ourselves, Mickey. I mean, you're talking about a team that played a non-con schedule. We want to talk about gaming the net and gaming the system. South Carolina played the 334th-ranked strength of schedule in the non-con. They scheduled absolutely nobody, so their record's inflated as a result of that. I think that this team is probably an 8 or a 9, maybe even down to a 10 by the time we reach the NCAA tournament, and I think that they'll be handled swiftly by a team that's better in the first round of the NCAA tournament because when you have teams that fit the profile that South Carolina fits, the predictive metrics very rarely lose when it comes to teams like this. I've seen a couple people call this team like a contender to potentially win a national championship, I think that that's the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard in my life, just to be completely honest. All right. Um, if they, Let me get a high and a low right now. Gamecock's on the sixth line, according to Lenardi. The worst case, you're saying 0-4. The worst case is 100% 0-4. I mean, they're going to be underdogs in three of the four games. They're four-and-a-half-point dogs on the road tonight against the Texas A&M team that's dead in the water. Like, if that doesn't show you what Vegas' opinion is at this point of South Carolina as a basketball team, 
I don't know what to tell you. Texas A&M is 15 and 12. They're 6 and 8 in SEC play. If you look at their last couple results, they've lost four games in a row. They lost at Vanderbilt. They got blown out at Alabama. They lost at home to Arkansas at home. And they just got beat by 35 at Tennessee. That team is still almost a five-point favorite at home against South Carolina tonight. That, it, that's something that's really telling. You can't deny that that means something. I don't, I don't go the uh, ESPN BPI as much as I do the uh, FBI in football, but uh, ESPN has them losing all four games as well. Um, falling to a bubble team? If you lose 0-4, lose the first round of the tournament? SEC tournament? It'll be interesting to see what happens. I think that South Carolina is probably in the field of 68 at this point, but if they would have lost to Ole Miss, that there would be some serious questions. Uh, I, I need ask. you to give um, – yeah, maybe the Ole Miss win got them in the tournament. I need you to give your um, your Twitter out to our Gamecock fans so they can come and rip you. Yeah, that's 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 been a frequent as but of But you late, were right about the football. I was right about football, and on top of that, I still think that there's an expiration date on this team. Like the, This isn't a team that does anything well. If you want to point to a team that is a legitimate contender – in any league, you can say, hey, this is the identity of this basketball team. They do this well. The no- we, we have enough of a sample size. We've seen this team for 26 games. Nothing elite about this team in any level of basketball. Uh, 0368 says, Faxon versus South Carolina's basketball. Popcorn, popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and a texture, a Gamecock fan said, explain the two top win- top ten wins then. Yeah, they, they won two really tough games, uh, especially the, the, the win on the road against Tennessee is one of the most Ma- impressive Mega. wins of the season in college basketball. But at the same time, like that's your classic Rick Barnes letdown spot, and, and it happened. They scored 59 points. I, I just think that w- when you analyze what this team is from a realistic perspective, they were picked last in the league at the beginning of the season for a reason because the roster is not very good. Now, Lamont has done one of the best coaching jobs of the entire season. He might deserve National Coach of the Year. That's how great it's been from Lamont Paris. I'm just not a believer that this team matches the talent level of other up, of the other upper echelon teams in the SEC, and especially when we get to the national scale in the NCAA tournament, there's going to be some teams with some play styles that are really going to bother South Carolina. I mean, if you want to reference the top 10 wins, they got blown out by a top 10 team by 40 on the road with Auburn. Uh, 75-58 says, keep disrespecting this team. You made the Gamecock fans. It's not, it's not disrespect. I'm entitled to my opinion. This team's lost yeah. two of their last three games, and they're going to be underdogs in three of their last four. It's not disrespect. It's just this is what the math's telling us at this point. I mean, we, we have enough of a data pool to make an analysis on this team. If you want to believe the AP poll and you want to believe the record and the 300-plus non-con SOS ranking, that's fine. We can, we can draw the last five years of tournament data for teams that match the profile of South Carolina. It doesn't go well. It doesn't. All right. Um, let me get Clemson then. Um, because so the Gamecocks would go from a six seed, or if if they win three out of four, let's say you, you beat Buzz tonight, and you win, you beat Florida, and you win at Mississippi State. Can they play their way onto a four line? Maybe I think that your mobility is really capped unless you make a run in the SEC tournament, just because. You currently have a log jam of teams above South Carolina that are not only better than South Carolina, but the resumes are better. The resumes are more complete and impressive. And when you get to talking about three seeds, four seeds, five seeds, you're talking about teams that have impressive non-con wins, especially impressive non-con wins away from home. It's just not something South Carolina has on their resume. Once again, this is an objective fact. Like, there's no opinion based in the fact that this team hasn't played anybody in the non-conference schedule. They played one legitimate opponent, and they lost to Clemson. Uh, a couple of the other non-conference games that they had that they were claim were challenging, Grand Canyon was a great win. That, that's a good win, a team that might win their league. 
outside of that, they don't have another just they don't have a signature win in the non-con. Their signature win in the non-con is Grand Canyon. All right. Now, Clemson, because uh, Dale asked the high and the low for Clemson. If you look at Lenardi's bracketology right now, he's got Clemson as a five. Clemson in the net ratings right now is, I uh, said, so 23. Um, let's assume best case scenario first. Uh, you went out, you get the four seed, you get a bye, double bye, and let's say you make it to the semis of the ACC tournament. Can Clemson play their way to a – I don't think you can play a three-line. Can you? A, 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 a four-line? Conference tournaments don't impact NCAA tournament seeding as much as people think unless you're due to do something that, like – is win, win the your tournament. tournament. Yeah. Like, last year, everybody was under the impression that Clemson was in a win-and-in scenario. It was like, okay, you finish top four in the ACC, 23 total wins. If you win an ACC tournament game, you're likely in. Clemson would have to do something special in the ACC tournament to greatly boost their stock. And once again, just people are going to complain about South Carolina fans, and they're going to say that I'm being biased. There are better teams above Clemson that have established their resumes on the two-line, on the three-line, that have gone on the road and won tough games, that have not dropped quad three, quad four games. There are better basketball teams above Clemson that have earned that three in the four spot right now. So for Clemson to bridge that gap and then jump above someone, you're going to have to win your final three games for starters. You're going to have to beat Wake Forest and add an additional quad one win. you got to get that double bye in the ACC tournament, and then you probably have to make it to the finals. If you want to start talking three-line, you probably need to win the tournament. Clemson's realistic ceiling right now is a four. Their realistic floor is a six. They're probably going to fall on the four or the five line. Yeah. So l- l- let's say lose the two road games. If they lose the two road games, you're talking about going into the tournament as a stronger six, six. or a lower seed five. And yeah. then I think at that point, the ACC tournament becomes marginally more important because you're going to be playing an extra game in that scenario and you're not going to have the double buy. So at that point, I think Clemson needs to win two games in the ACC tournament if they don't have the double buy to solidify themselves as a five. That's only if they lose two of the last three games. Interesting stuff for sure. Um, we're going to talk much more about that when we come back. I have uh, seed histories. Why is it that a one seed is so much easier than a two? Uh, a three is easier than a four. There, to me, there, there's uh, a four is easier than, than, than say, a five. We have, we have history to tell you about through some of that. What, and then you get into the 512. Why 512s are a big deal? And, and what that looks like. And I have a specific 512 thought when we come back. Facts and Children's Mickey Pollard. Also, our attitude review text line. Uh, I gave some of the, the Gamecock fans, and, and you're getting flooded with them right now. And I love this. Uh, facts on sports. Get in touch with them and let them know what you think about that. But, hey, y'all make some good points in my opinion, too. So, I love this one, too. Facts don't care about your feelings. Love it, he says. Uh, facts, remember, F-A-C-T-S. Don't care about your feelings. But in this case... FAX, don't care about your feelings. Short break, we'll come back. Let's look at seeding history and why it is extremely important right after this. Hey guys, it's time to reclaim that alpha feeling. If you've been feeling sluggish, carrying extra weight, or missing a step in the bedroom, it's time for a change. Book an appointment today at Low Country Mail. Our concierge testosterone replacement therapy plans start at just $220 a month, covering testosterone, labs, medication, and doctor visits. We also offer growth hormone replacement and top-notch anti-aging plans. Let's make men men again. Book today at lowcountrymail.com. 
Harbin Lumber Company has been helping build dreams since 1917, proudly serving our local communities for over 100 years for all your building material needs. With spring around the corner, now is the time to think about a new deck or deck remodel or screen porch. Have it completed so you can enjoy the great outdoors. Visit HarbinLumber.com or call us at 706-356-4300 and let us show how we can help with your vision. That's 706-356-4300. The Pendleton Tire Company wants you to have as strong a tire as you are. The Michelin Defender LTX is ready for the tough jobs and the long hauls. It holds up to tough conditions and will keep you rolling strong with confidence. Give Zach or Joey a call at 864-646-3694. Michelin Tires and the Pendleton Tire Company, a winning combination since 1973. Call them today and be sure to check them out at PendletonTire.com. Nick and Mike Bar and Grill, Clemson's choice for great dining, is pleasing you with their innovative food. Featuring two for $25 menu choices like Cajun or Creamy Alfredo, fried calamari, garlic basil pesto, meatball sub, or spaghetti, all served with Texas toast. Two entrees for just $25. And remember, Wine Wednesdays. Choose select wines for just $5 per glass. Open daily for lunch and dinner and brunch on Sundays. Nick and Mike Bar and Grill, 1310 Clemson Boulevard at the Best Western. Don't let turnover stall your business. HTI is the Upstate's trusted attraction and retention partner. We work with employers to provide all things workplace, including recruiting, staffing, HR services, team building, and leadership training. Call Ryan at 513-6563 or visit htijobs.com backslash upstate today. Again, call Ryan at 513-6563 or visit htijobs.com backslash upstate today. Coach Dabo Sweeney here from the Clemson Tigers. Just like high schools across the upstate, Clemson fans love football. But one thing I love more than football is my family. That's why we talk to our three children about alcohol and other drugs. Alcohol is the leading cause of death among youth. But the truth is, most upstate youth aren't drinking or using drugs. Remind your teenagers that most teens choose to be healthy and drug-free. Talk to your teens about drugs and alcohol. They will listen. For more information, go to phoenixcenter.org. Get ready to discover incredible savings with Fort Hill Natural Gas. Say goodbye to seasonal worries and embrace year-round savings by adding gas appliances with cash rebates to your home. But that's not all. Call the office now and find out how you may qualify for residential volume user rate, adding even more value to your energy savings. Ready to start saving big? Visit FHNGA.com and explore the rebate page for more details. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Start your day the Mickey way. Talking sports before the sun comes up. The Mickey Plyler Show, weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. Right here on The Roar, where every day is game day.
Love Engineer Sleep, engineersleep.com, and love what they've done at my house. Love what they've done for so many of our listeners. Engineer Sleep, now that 100-night sleep trial, the ES Duo. The problem with mattresses now is that nobody makes the flippable mattresses anymore, so you got a hole leading right down in your mattress now. So the ES Duo has answered that issue for you. Um, when, it, when it comes to, first, it's a better price anyway. And, and then the idea that uh, the long term it's going to save you money. So we like both those aspects of it. So in a 95,000 square foot facility, go by and test these things out at 333 North Pleasantburg Drive. Um, now we've been with these guys for eight years. Hard to believe I'm, I'm eight year my mattress, and we love it for sure. They design and make the best mattresses in the world, made right here in the upstate of South Carolina. Find out how and why. Uh, they do an absolutely amazing job, and this ES Duo was one of these. The the I hate to say the Velcro part of it, man, but that's a game changer for what they did. See what I'm talking about over Engineer Sleep and EngineeredSleep.com. So, facts, and I am uh, right, and I'm right about a, uh, several things here. I'm wrong about one thing in that 512 deal. So let me give you this. So I have right now. This is from 1985. All the way through going into last year. Not not this does not have last year in it, but going into last year. The tournament records of by seed. And first round games, second round games, semi uh sweets sixteens, uh, elite eights, all this kind of stuff. And obviously you would think that if if the committees are right, <laughs> that the seeds should work out and, and from a historical standpoint they have. And let me fly through this. In other words, in the first round, one seeds are 127 and 1. And overall, one seeds have won 495 games. Two seeds are 121 and 7 and won 348 games. Three seeds are 110 and 18 and won 272 games. All this is going down to where every seed you go down, historically, you have a less chance of winning. The four seeds are 128 overall and 226 total wins. The five seeds, 84 and 44, 165 wins. The six seeds, 81 and 47, with 155 wins. The seven seeds, 75 and 52, with 132 wins. So every every seed you go down, obviously, you would think if it worked out right, that I mean, there's not a magic number in there. One of the things I was wrong about, though, is this misconception of that 512 deal. Like, if you're looking at it, the 12 has almost as many wins as the 11 on, in the first round, but 11 seeds do much better than the 12s throughout the tournament. And here's a philosophy, and tell me if you think I'm right or wrong about this. A lot of times, if you look at the brackets, the, the, the bracket is play-in games for the 11 seeds. I'm not, I'm not counting the 16 seed. I'm counting the 11 seeds as play-in. So... The 12 seeds are normally automatic bids. The 11 seeds are are usually um, elite kind of programs, or really good programs that didn't have a great year. Like right now, a Lenardi, 11 seeds, Gonzaga, Providence, Virginia, and Seton Hall. Like Gonzaga and Virginia are normally really, really good teams. They're not as good this year. But in my opinion, those 11s have a chance, even though there's a playing game there, when the 11s make it in and play uh, the six seeds. Because Virginia's been in the tournament before. Gonzaga's been in the tournament before. There's guys who've been around. The coaching staff has prepared for this thing. Like, it's nothing new to them. 
you know, if, if you face a, if you get into a, a 13 seed and a 14 seed, um, if you get into, say, uh, Fairfield or Sam Houston or something like that, those teams don't have a tournament experience. They don't have the kind of tournament players. Whereas Gonzaga has some guys who've been through the wars before. So, so an 11 seed there has a much better chance than the, the 13, 14, and 15 seeds. The automatic bids are just in there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's high-major talent versus non-high-major talent. It can be simplified. <clears throat> right. And you're going to get your mid-majors that can play. Obviously, Furman beat Virginia that, last year. Right. You're going to get your McNeese <clears throat> State. But those are few and far between compared to teams that are routinely in the tournament. But here's the point about 12s and 11s, especially 12s. 12s are pesky, man. Being on the five line is the worst place to be. Because 12s are one of two different teams. They're either the mid-major who's really, really good like, and has had this unbelievable season that no one knows about. Like, for instance, um, James Madison right now. James Madison is 25-3. and three. Yep. Right? Let me see what Lenardi has them. I mean, you put them like as a 12, they're 25-3 and three for a reason. McNeese is a 12 right now. Pretty sure they're 25-3 and three as well. Like, that's a tough 12. Sanford is a really good team this year on, on that 12 line. Those are normally mid-majors who are having unbelievable years and like just had this special year. You know, their, their, their metrics aren't great. But I'll tell you a metric that is great, 25 and stinking three, right? Or sometimes in that 11, 10, 11, 12, you get the blue blood that sneaks in there. Like Kentucky doesn't have a good year but sneaks in and you don't want to play Kentucky, right? Like, uh, and Gonzaga's not very good. But, but if you don't want to like South Carolina right now. They got the winner of the Providence Gonzaga game. To be honest with you, I don't want any part of of, of few in Gonzaga in an NCAA tournament deal. Like I'd much rather play UC Irvine uh, because of the lack of experience through that. Does that make sense? That's where that eleven and twelve can do some damage. No, I think that one hundred percent makes sense. And, and also expanding on that point, like. You don't want a coach that's coaching a Final Four in your first round matchup. No, I don't, wanna, don't want that. I don't want to face Mark Few at all. I right. don't want to face Mark Few ever in the NCAA tournament. Right, right. So that that, that makes it tough for sure. The other thing that that, that I, I just think is big. Okay, <clears throat> to me, and you look at it, the records, and it does not just for the well. The first round is important, but let's say you get down to the the Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eights. All right. So, number one seeds, there's a huge difference in ones and twos. I mentioned this a hundred times on the show now, Facts. Like, to me, the idea that Virginia or Mississippi State or Texas A&M gets in or doesn't get in, I don't care about that. Because Virginia, Mississippi State, and Texas A&M, they're not going to do anything in the tournament. So, we spend all this bubble boy watch, right? I'm sorry, the card says moops. We talk about bubble boy all the time. I don't care about bubble boy. I think the difference is, is... That two line is Marquette or North Carolina or Kansas or Tennessee. Kansas hurt himself last night. Uh, can they get on that one line? Because looking at it, there's a big, huge difference. Not not in in in, in round one. I mean, ones and twos are gonna win in round one. Again, let me give you those numbers. Ones are one twenty seven and one in, in first round games. Twos are one twenty one and seven. You're gonna win those games. Where it starts to make a difference. In the Elite Eight, where you're facing, you know, much, much, much better competition, ones are 60 and 41s. Here's an interesting fact. In the Elite Eight, twos are 32 and 35. 
So they don't – obviously they're twos because they don't expect to be in the Final Four compared to a one. But that's a big difference. In, in the Sweet 16, the ones are 101 and 25 because they're playing four seeds sometimes. The twos are 67 and 26. They don't, they don't, they don't make it – that's 67% of the time they make it to the Elite Eight compared to number ones. That's a big difference between a one and a two. Again, part of that's the talent level, but part of that is just the way the seeding works. I, I don't know if there's there's not a huge difference in threes and four, I mean twos and threes because you can be playing each other. There's a big difference in a three and a four because you'd much rather play if you're a three, you'd much rather play a two rather than playing a one. Let me give you those numbers. In the in the sweet sixteens, threes are thirty seven and forty, while fours are twenty two and forty eight. It's a big gap. It's a big gap, man. An ideal place for Clemson to be is a 3-4 or a 6. The the nightmare is a 5. Right. And currently, Clemson's on the 5 line, which obviously you don't want to complain about those being numbers. in the field. But being a 5 is a massive disadvantage headed into trying to make a deep tourney run. Well, let me give you those numbers. In round 2, a 4 seed is 87-50. and 50. A 5 seed is 61-54. and 54. Significantly worse as a five. Let me and even more. So in Sweet Sixteen, a difference in a four and a five. Okay, twenty-two four seeds have made it to the Elite Eight. Only ten five seeds made it to, to the Elite Eight. It's what happened to Clemson in twenty eighteen. Clemson was a five instead of a four. They ran into a one seed in the Sweet Sixteen that was better and more talented than them because the the difference between a one and a two is the major thing for why these fours and these right. fives don't advance. So so in that case. 22 fives have made the, the Elite Eight. Only 10 fours. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. 22 fours have made the Elite Eight. Only 10 fives. You have twice as good a chance to make it as a four than you do a five. So we spend all this bubble time watch on garbage. Nobody cares. But what I'm telling you is that, that when you're watching games in the next couple of weeks and you're watching those lines come out, uh, watch and see if Wisconsin can go from five to four. Watch and see if Clemson can go from five to four. Kentucky from five to four. Washington State, or does does a um, does an Auburn fall? Does a Baylor fall from four to a five? Right? Does Duke fall to a four from a three? Those are that's the storylines. But we don't think about that. We're all about bubble, 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 bubble. I don't give a crap about Texas A and M. I want to know, can Auburn play their way on a two-line or a three-line compared to a four-line? That's the story of the next two weeks. Yeah. But we lose. Oh, they're already in. They're already in. Yeah, they're already in. But my goodness gracious, wouldn't you much rather play um, – wouldn't you much rather play North Carolina than play UConn? Yeah. And also, I mean, it's big for teams even in the ACC like Duke and North Carolina who are still trying to solidify the fact that they're a, a two seed. Right. So wouldn't you, if, wouldn't you, if you're a three, trying to play a three and a four, wouldn't you much rather play Kansas than play, than play Houston? Like, that's a big, big deal, man. And nobody talks about it. Everybody's worried about stinking Mississippi State and stinking Texas A&M and going on and getting beat by 30 in the first round. You know? We, we spend way too much time on Bubble Boy and not enough time on that significant difference. You want to know? I mean, look, so so now this is from 1985 to 2022, actually. Um, number one seeds, 37 one seeds made to the final four. 13 two seeds. 11 three seeds. Um, three four seeds. Three five seeds. And two six seeds. 
make the Final Four, only one seven seed. Now, there have been eight, eight for some reason, there's been, been four uh, eight seeds that have made it. But the point is, like, for the most part, of those first three rounds, first four rounds, actually, <laughs> like, the, 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 the numbers just work themselves out. That's the story. But it's buried, man. It's, it's buried because of Bubble Boy doing all that. Texture says that battle for that four, fourth number one seed would be interesting. You got Zona, UNC, and Tennessee. Yeah, right now Arizona would be it. If, but if Tennessee goes, we made this point earlier in the show. Let me just give you this one more time here. So Tennessee right now is a two. Can we agree on that? Yes. And mm, maybe like the fifth, sixth, seventh. I mean, they're not a three team right now. But but even in ranked fourth, they're, they're a two right now. Let Tennessee beat 11th ranked Auburn, 14th ranked Alabama, 18th ranked South Carolina, 16th ranked Kentucky. Do something in the tournament. They're a one seed. I don't care what Arizona does. Arizona's not going to face that the next the next two weeks, next two and a half weeks. Let them win the SEC tournament, and I'm telling you, Tennessee's a one seed, and there's a huge difference in a one and a two. Hope I made that point clear. Why do we get so caught up on stinking number the 11 seeds and stinking play-in games rather than fours versus fives or threes versus fours or ones versus twos. That's the story. Glad you agree with that. Anyway, um, have not talked any Clemson baseball, but just quickly, I had about four texts on yesterday's show that said, what's wrong with Will Taylor? What's wrong with Will Taylor? What's wrong with Will Taylor? Put him in the sixth spot last night. Will Taylor, three for three with three home runs, three RBIs, four runs scored, and, a, and an intentional walk. And then you did an intentional walk, and you know right behind it you saw um, Henderleiter come through with a couple RBIs. So that was mega <laughs> big last night to see him. Uh, if you get Cam back at the top of the lineup, I don't know if you, if you keep Taylor down the six hole now. Is Ma- Mathis did a great job leading off last night. Not only did he go one for two, but he also got a walk, and, and Mathis scored three runs last night. So Mathis at the top of the lineup, or maybe in the two hole, now with Cam at the leadoff spot. If he comes back, Naraki has done some really good things, including another hit last night. And then with Wright and and, and uh, Obertock and and, and uh, Shufo and, and Hinderleiter, the middle of the lineup looking pretty good now. So you got a lot to think about there. Once uh, and and, and it, but the only bad thing about Cam's injury is it takes away from your versatility because now when Gerald comes back. Now you can't DH. Now you do overtop to first. Yeah. Does that move Henderleiter out? That gives that takes away from your versatility. And let's not forget this. I thought Mathis has done a really good job in center field so far. But Cam is one of the best defensive center fielders in America. Cam's different. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, interesting stuff. We're going to talk a lot more tomorrow and a lot more on Friday about Clemson and South Carolina baseball. You pretty pumped? I'm excited, man. Gamecocks and Tigers, for sure. Looking forward to that, for sure. All right, when we come back, Dane Young, I, I don't know if you've seen this retread segment that we've done, but it's a lot of fun. Let's talk about that and um, a lot to do in Hour 3. WCCP-FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the roar. The Dream Center is more.